Hello, Joy Sounds listeners. It's Chris. As a music educator, songwriter, and somebody who needs to keep up with the music industry trends, one of my go-to resources is Hit Songs Deconstructed. Hit Songs Deconstructed is a super powerful database that takes a deep dive into the analysis of all the songs that reach the top 10 of Billboard's Hot 100. So, for example, what if I was interested in learning how Max Martin's approach to songwriting and production has evolved over the past three years? I can simply go into one of the interactive search engines of Hit Songs Deconstructed and type in Max Martin's name and the years 2016 to 2019. And then boom, all of his songs come up that have cracked the top 10 of the Hot 100. Each of the songs has a detailed analysis of not just the compositional trends, but also the production trends, so I can see how they've changed over time. And with just a few clicks, I can find a whole bunch of other songs that share the same compositional characteristics. It's such a deep resource that you can really lose yourself in it. But don't just take my word for it, you can try it out for yourself. My friends at Hit Songs Deconstructed are offering a complimentary one-month subscription exclusively to Joy Sounds listeners. To get your one-month complimentary subscription, simply go to hitsongsdeconstructed.com slash joysounds. That's hitsongsdeconstructed.com slash joysounds. So check it out, and then drop me a note to tell me what you think. I'd love to hear how you use Hit Songs Deconstructed. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you so much, and it's great to have you back for another episode of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. On today's episode, we feature a powerhouse vocalist, Anna Delaria. I spoke with Anna about how her song, I Choose Me, inspired her to support the organization Girls Inc. You can also support this organization by checking out girlsinc.org. Although Anna is an experienced studio singer, she tells the remarkable story about how a voice memo recording ended up to have a significant TV placement. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, be sure to catch Anna perform live on November 7th at Resident in downtown Los Angeles. Today, Anna performs three songs live from the Joy Sound studio. She performs I Choose Me, Sorry Doesn't Work, and a stripped-down version of her latest single, Baggage. So let's get this started. Here is Anna Delaria performing I Choose Me on Joy Sounds. Everyone tells me I'm the favorite Always on their side Call me at 3 a.m. you're faded I'll be there every time Tell me that you need me, say it's just tonight When I try to leave you, manipulate my mind You know I got so much left to give Hey, I chose me again and again Cause I chose you then and again So I'm giving a damn, I don't care Give you all I can, love me Again and again, I chose me. Now I won't give in. Don't give in a damn. I don't get. Catch me if you can. Won't be there. Na 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 na. You needed someone for the taking to keep you satisfied. My insecurities, you played them. You never cared, just lied. 
So I'm done waiting, being patient Thinking you'll do what's right Traded my pride for validation One too many times Tell me that you need me, say it's just tonight When I try to leave you, manipulate my mind You know I got so much left to give Hey, I chose me again and again Cause I chose you then and again Time giving a damn, I don't care Give you all I can, love me there I chose me again and again I chose me, now I won't give it I Choose Me, performed by Anna Delaria. And today, live in the Joy Sound studio, we welcome Anna. Hey, thank you so much How for are having you? me. It's my pleasure. And thanks to Johnny Sim, who's yeah. playing guitar for you today on the show. Yeah. So that song has a very strong statement mm-hmm. to it. it. Sounds like even a personal statement. So I Choose Me, I uh, always love to start it off by saying that I wrote it in my car after a series of bad tense meetings or just interactions mm-hmm. with friends and people that were constantly giving me their opinion on what I should do or I should be in order to kind of maintain this success or this authenticity, which is a little bit ironic. Um, right. That word is <laughs> so, a tricky word, isn't it? It's very, yeah, yeah very triggering, I guess. For yes. A lot of people. Yes. So, and you and and that's part of what we do is, I mean, part of what we have to go through is you get bombarded by advice and you should do this and do this. I mean, yep. my guess is that that's never ending, right? No, no. And I don't think it ever will. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of tried to start to realize that it's really about how you take that advice and also how you navigate maintaining your actual kind of internal authenticity that is yeah. inevitably going to evolve while also, you know, considering what people are saying, but really, really kind of maintaining that light internally that's not going to be compromised by other people. Mm. So that's honestly what I Choose Me is about and kind of where it was founded in is this idea that even though we might not have it figured out at the moment, it's it's more of like a vow to start to take a moment and really look at what 
I want for myself or mm -hmm. what I feel is actually part of my identity, the message that I want to send. Um, and also hopefully for other people to listen to it and kind oh, of, definitely. you know, feel like, you know what, even if it's just for today or this morning or ordering this coffee at Starbucks, like I'm going to decide to, you know, kind of empower myself and, and do something crazy or, or just kind of focus in on and what I need today. But this is uh, not just something that you want to say. You actually you're you're wanting to make a deeper impact with that that message of self-esteem and self-empowerment and go further than that, right? Mhm, mm absolutely. Um the the thing that we actually decided to do with I choose me because so much of it is founded in that idea of, you know, kind of not compromising yourself or your values and also standing up to stereotypes. Often as a woman, especially in the music industry, it can be a little bit tricky. Sure. And um, I think empowering young women in particular is something that I've, I've really grown to become more attached to and want to incorporate more in my music and the platform. And so, so often I kind of speak on that, but right. I found myself never really putting it quite into action. And I was trying to think of a way to directly do that. And so I thought of finding this organization, which I ended up finding Girls Inc., um, that helps empower young women to basically get access to basic education, arts and creative necessities, um, connect with mentors that they never would have been able to. Fantastic. Yeah, it was incredible. So I decided to donate a portion of the streaming income from I Choose Me to those foundations to kind of give back full circle. So it's not just this kind of empty promotion marketing of, um, you know, this is something I really care about, but actually putting it towards something make sure that it's just an it, that you make a real impact exactly yeah even if it's you know in a, in a small way i think just bringing awareness to foundations and organizations like that in and of itself is also incredibly important absolutely yeah. and i'm sorry what's the foundation called again it's called girls inc and they are all across america the one i donated to is in oakland um where i'm from originally is the bay area okay. and there's yeah. a lot of young women of kind of all backgrounds that really, really benefit from that program in particular. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. we're going to um, support your effort in bringing awareness to Girls, Inc. Thank by making you. sure that we uh, list them on our website and in this show and, and do what we can. Yeah. Because I think that's that's uh, uh, tremendously important. What have you been up to professionally lately? Has it been uh, more live, more in the studio, but a combination of the two? Yeah, definitely a combo of the two. So pretty much I spent the last year to two years what – Doing what I love to call kind of speed dating and sessions. Right. Which I'm sure you're <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we do in our profession. Yeah. So for our listeners who, who may not understand what we're talking about, um, a lot of our songwriters, a lot of professional songwriters just get matched with other, other writers and it gets fast and furious. And a lot of times it's with strangers. So yep. not only is it speed dating, it's blind dating. Mm -hmm. And you could just walk in and you, you crank out a song. So yeah. you've, been, you've been keeping active with sessions, huh? Yeah, a lot of sessions. Um, that was kind of the primary thing for the most recent part of just the creative process and making the music is every day trying to collaborate with new producers in particular. Great. Um, new songwriters to push myself to just write without thinking about, is this me? Like, is this good enough? Just crank out as much material as possible mm -hmm. in hopes of, you know, finding a few gems that I really identify as stronger songs that I want to put out and kind of make a part of my artistry. Sure. So that's been a whole experience. Um, we had about 200, 250 songs, and I kind of narrowed down to five or six, which was 
chaotic. That's always <laughs> staggering to me. I, I've been, I mean, I've been in this business yeah. a long time, but it's always staggering to me. It's like 200 songs to get down to four or five or whatever. I mean, yeah. that's just the way things roll around here. Huh? It, it really is. It really is. So it was hard, but I'm so glad that I did it um, and kind of stripped down everything and, and tried to figure out the ones that are most important to me and sound like yeah. me. And at the moment, we are preparing to just kind of release those singles and uh, put out an EP at the top of next year, which okay. is exciting. So finally coming to a place where I'm really just trying to put out the music and not hold on to it so tightly. Yeah. For a while, I was like, just going to go in sessions and, and do kind of my own thing, keep my head down. Um, so it's been nice to come out and start putting out music and a lot of performances recently around Los Angeles, looking at some Northern California dates for the end of the year and potentially heading over to the East Coast to also Great. do some live shows there. Okay. Very, yeah. very good. I've known you for a while and mm -hmm. I've got to see you uh, grow as an artist and a person over the past few years. And one of the things that I know that you've wrestled with is a bit of perfectionism mm -hmm. in which it has caused a, a little bit of friction in releasing music and putting yourself out there, you know, because I know that you care so much about this that you always want it to be perfect, which is admirable. Did you find you had to kind of break through that a little bit? You said you 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 had to kind of let it go a little bit. Definitely. Dev, it's, it's such a journey, this whole thing. <laughs> like if I could throw my hands in the air and be like, yes, that mm -hmm. is exactly um, the vibe. It's so hard to break the perfectionism and also just the anxiety surrounding creating music and then releasing it is so vulnerable. You know, it's like, yeah. this is a part of me that I've worked on for months and has, you know, become... It's a really significant part of my life, and I'm just going to put it on the internet. These days, it's just the internet and hope that someone hears it um, and someone connects with it is the more important thing. So yeah. to kind of push past that and work through the barriers in my head really about, you know, no one wants to hear this, or maybe this is too pop, or this is too R&B, or this is too rock, or this is too whatever, and just kind of be like, I love this. I feel very strongly about this message and also just the song as a whole yeah. and it's important to just get it out there and start building yeah and is that all the more difficult when you um release and bring to the world uh, even a more sensitive and um vulnerable song like sorry doesn't work absolutely yeah i mean a large part of what kind of occurs in my life is a struggle with obviously the everyday issues but even just mental health things which are always hard to speak on and mm -hmm. um relationship things where you have I have many imperfections and many flaws and to write about them is very cathartic, but it's a whole other thing to actually then put them out into the world <laughs> and be like, man, I was... For the whole world to share in your imperfections. Yeah. yeah, like look how badly I screwed up, everybody. I hope you guys can resonate. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been cool because I'll play the songs uh, more recently at shows and they're unreleased at the moment, but to get the feedback from people that are like, I really needed that or I really felt that has been the most rewarding thing. And it definitely reminds me why we do this is just to connect with the sense of humanity. Um, sure. That's so, so special. But, you know, it definitely takes a lot of barriers to push yeah. past and yeah. and to really uh, not get too in your head and also kind of not conflate the idea of success um, in my career and my music with my self-worth which is also a huge part of yes you know withholding releases and, and being scared to kind of 
put that out there. Your self-worth is not measured by number of streams. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's gotten crazy with not only streaming, but social media platforms. Right. Instagram. Yeah. You know, Snapchat, Twitter. It's, it's the, uh, the world of comparison and the highlight reel. I love that term. That's a little unrealistic and, and unhealthy. So. Right. It takes a lot to put yourself outside of that. Yeah. Well, I already brought up the song, Sorry Doesn't Work. Mm-hmm. Would uh, you and Johnny be willing to perform this one for us? Absolutely. Would cool. love to. Would cool. Love to. Um, how about we talk about it afterwards uh, a little bit? Awesome. But this is Anna Delaria, along with Johnny Sim on guitar, performing Sorry Doesn't Work. Raised my voice, it all happened so fast Wish I could take it back But it's a little too late for that Broke your trust, left you in the dark Took a couple steps too far, now here we are What can I tell you when there's no words left to say? What can I give you to make the pain go away? Cause baby there's so much that you deserve to hear Wish that I could make the feeling disappear What can I tell you to stop the hurt When sorry doesn't work mm, When sorry doesn't work mm. Slammed the door I was in the wrong Don't tell me we're too far gone You've been so patient with all my mistakes Promise you one day I'll change No, this ain't the first time I'm the one to blame What can I tell you when there's no words left to say? What can I give you to make the pain go Baby, there's so much that you deserve to hear Wish that I could make the feeling disappear What can I tell you to stop the hurt? What sorry does it work? Ooh, one sorry does it work? Tell me how long will you sit here and wait? Tell me how long till your heart's gonna break Cause we both know this ain't the last time we'll fade Run out of ways What can I tell you when there's no words left to say? What can I give you to make the pain go away? Cause baby there's so much that you deserve to hear Wish that I could make the feeling disappear what can I tell you to stop the hurt? What sorry does it work? Ooh, what sorry does it work? Ooh, what sorry 
And that was Sorry Doesn't Work, performed by Anna Delaria. That's a beautiful song. And I can I can see when you go to that very vulnerable place how how you know difficult that, that can be. I came into a session planning on writing about one thing, which this always happens, where I have this idea and I'm like, we're gonna write about something a little bit more positive and super uplifting. And slowly I kind of just get worn down and what's really going on inside myself kind of always comes through it emerges <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it always just you know creeps its way in and um rises to the surface and that's pretty much what happened with this one i was just trying to figure out a way to kind of amend mistakes uh, with my relationship at the time and uh, i found myself kind of projecting like my irritation mm. and my frustration of the day onto this person in my life that I love so much and it became very difficult you know you can only talk about it so many times before it's just like saying I'm so sorry and I you know I really respect you and I apologize for the way that I've been acting just stops having its its worth and its impact it's not really um helpful in resolving anything Mm -hmm. and in talking about that I found that that's also obviously pretty relevant with a lot of other parts of life, whether it's, you know, someone loses a loved one and, and saying I'm sorry is like nice, but it's definitely just kind of like a, not even a real bandaid, honestly, for the the pain that's being felt. So I wanted to write about that feeling and that kind of helplessness when you run out of ways to make it up to someone or apologize or basically figure shit out. It's right. Right. It's difficult to, to kind of find a, a resolution, especially for, Anything that's long term, long term issue, or just kind of, you know, this grinding effect of. Yeah. My <laughs> guess is that changed the tone of the writing room when all of a sudden this kind of comes out. Yeah. Right? My guess is that people would start start to perk up and go, oh, we got something yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. We got something to write about. But uh, yeah. part of your identity or what you were known for was being this powerhouse vocalist. Incredible range, mm-hmm. incredible agility, and uh, all of those things that. Um, sort of wowed audiences, but now you've added in songwriting as part of what you what you do as an artist. When did that start to seep in? How did that start to become part of who you are? Yeah. Well, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate that. It's, it's kind of always been there, I think, especially with melody, because it's so connected to the voice and my influences ranged from hugely melodic writers and singers like the Stevie Wonders and Aretha yep. Franklin, where so much of what I was impacted by was the dynamic of the vocal intertwining with the lyric and the story. So for a while, it was very ambiguous. I kind of struggled with how do I actually put a lyric to what I'm singing and, and these melodies that were just kind of pouring out of me. And I'd say, I mean, probably about four years ago, three years ago, when I really sat down and was like, you need to have an intention for the song. Right. Um, I know we've talked a lot about that. Yes, we have. And uh, yeah, just kind of allowing a song to just be a moment so I, I used to be i remember like i would write a song and it'd be six minute song i don't know if you remember these very first band i came in I, <laughs> it's all part of the process yeah, right yeah you're like oh i remember these things <laughs> oh my gosh we had one song where the, the time signature changed like three times um the key changed multiple times every song had a two and a half minute intro 
And the main issue that I had in terms of storytelling and expressing myself was I would write about like a two-year journey. You know, I'd be like, I hopped on a plane. I went and had this experience and I came back and now I feel weird instead of just talking about like, what was it like walking up the stairs to get to the plane? You know, like little moments. So that definitely helped in terms of pinpointing what I want to say and how to best say it. And that's that's been a huge point of growth. Some of your songs and some of your writing has ended up um, on television. Yeah. So how how did you get a toehold into that world? Similar to what we actually were just talking about with the the singing first, I was contacted by this really awesome composer, producer, Chris Allen Lee. Mm-hmm. And he's worked with a ton of artists that I love and also primarily TV. He heard my voice randomly and asked me to come in as a vocalist for session work, which I was doing and, and loving. And slowly realized that I could write as well, which was a really cool process. And I'm grateful that he let me in with my ideas. So I would just kind of chime in here and there. And um, he really allowed me to have the space to contribute to some of the songs that we were working on. And so slowly, we just started collaborating on these songs and um, writing together. And uh, some of the songs that I was already writing, aside from working with him, started to kind of come into consideration for some tv shows nice. for some films and commercials um and i really love it because it's a way that i, I don't have to worry about like genre and artistry right. and i can just write a lot of fun styles and it gives you a, a multiple outlets rather than a single outlet you've yep. got the outlet for you as an artist and then this outlet for you as a songwriter which could end up anywhere right exactly and you were telling me earlier that some of these songs come in some unusual ways right and they still mm-hmm. make it into you know uh, being able to be used in television right yeah. um, so tell you you told me off air about what the the backstory of the uh, particular song but share that again with us so how did this one song come about yeah so this was a song called boulder and i had been given this track from chris who was like yeah here are some refs and they want kind of this ballad and and this idea and it could be for the show, but we don't really know yet. So he and I always have these deadlines, which is also helpful, sometimes a little bit hectic. Um, in this case, it was hectic in that I was on a train trying to write this because I was like, I have to finish this, but I'm on my way down to San Diego. And I was on the Amtrak late at night and I had this melody in my head and I improvised some lyrics. I'm always loving, love the process of connecting kind of words with how they sing and the message behind them. Yeah, yeah. So while I was sitting there, I just started a voice memo, which anyone out there, voice memos are my best friend. Learn how to use them. It's amazing. So I, I kind of started recording this thing into my iPhone and just gave him basically an isolated vocal. I had a very basic like Apple headphone ear in. And uh, from that, he ended up using that audio that I had wrote, written, and right off the iPhone? Yeah, right off the iPhone. Wow. So the audio that on I the recorded. Train. Yeah. On the train. On the train. I was just sitting there on the Amtrak all alone because, you know, it was like the middle of the week. Um, and it's very rough, you know, it's completely raw and it's just isolated. And he took it, put it over the track, and sent it to the producers of the show and the kind of head supervisor. About three weeks later, I got all these alerts and I got an email from someone at Shazam and they were having an overwhelming amount of 
requests and inquiries about this song that had aired during the finale of the show Younger. Wow. Um, yeah, wow was my reaction. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, the fact that uh, I had tried to, to be very, you know, mental health proactive and I had no phone, no service for the weekend. So I just kind of had my older sister contact this guy because she had, you know, Wi-Fi at home. She was all set up and she was responding to all these fans on TuneFi. And it was like, oh, it's my sister's song. And it's Anna Delaria. Um, but yeah, it just it kind of got used in this two and a half minute finale where the main characters get together. And, and that was the first time I got to see my music paired with visuals, which was so incredible to see the intertwinement in the stories and was a really amazing feeling and i'm so grateful for that oh that's but, awesome yeah fantastic and talk about a moment to release any perfectionism <laughs> yeah <laughs> sending a vocal from an iphone exactly. recording you gotta let that go yeah. right no even to this day honestly he will still contact me and be like you know what they love the voice memo tone so i will still record things into my iphone and incredible uh, yeah it's been used a bunch of times so for those of us out there who think that it's in the gear you got to have the more expensive gear to be professional exactly here's anna delaria <laughs> on my voice memo getting iPhone. hits on tv <laughs> with her voice memo yeah. yeah it was very cool yeah it turned into a, a whole partnership with apple music actually and shazam and was released formally and uh definitely goes to show it doesn't matter if it's perfect it's just about the the intention behind it so. absolutely yeah absolutely um speaking about the intention and um keeping it in the moment talk, talk to me a little bit about how you approach your live show um because um i i've always found you a compelling live performer and i know that you've got a very um dedicated band that uh, puts together some really kick-ass arrangements yeah. um so how, how do you craft that live experience the live experience has evolved a lot recently um, because the music is more track heavy and production heavy in terms of all of these really cool but very little details, it's been an interesting process to try to combine that with a live arrangement because performing live and having those imperfections in particular um, and, and very present moments is very important for me. So yeah. recently I have been working with um, a music director, Eric Skolan, who's amazing, to kind of fuse the the energy of the tracks and the songs recorded as they are with live arrangements. So it's typically myself on vocals, always obviously live, um, piano, keys, and guitar. And the goal that we always have going into a show is to maintain energy. So even if the arrangement has to change, even if it's not the exact song form, I want to make sure that there are moments in the set to connect with the listeners primarily. Yeah. And um, also just kind of have the intention of the song come through in a live show, yeah. whether that's stripping it down or adding more in. So it's been a very, very cool creative process. So it sounds to me like you're not necessarily overly concerned with replicating exactly what's in the recording. No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're separating those experiences, which is cool because I can hear the recording and get one experience and then go hear you live and get a different one. Yeah. And that's honestly been the kind of goal and the foundation behind a lot of the songs recently is uh -huh. I had this struggle with, you know, pop music in particular has taken on a little bit of the reputation for being overproduced and, and kind of what's behind the production and is the song actually good and all of that. So it's a really cool way for me to really define whether or not I feel like a strong a song is strong enough um, by being able to translate that to a live show is really important um, and have the effect of the record move through and showcase 
in a live stage setting is all that matters to me. So if that means it's a little bit different from the recording, that's fine. I think as long as the song really kind of has its moment. What is the vision for Anna Delaria, the artist? Where, where do you see yourself? My first thought, if I'm being honest, is evolving, and which is, you know, not really a great answer for <laughs> where do you see yourself. But I've come to learn that all I know is that I know nothing in the sense that I have to trust that it's okay to grow, it's okay to change, it's okay to make different music. And um, as long as it's honest, you know, to who I am and, yeah. and true to myself, that that's the most important thing. I think in a more kind of formal way, I hope that I am able to connect with a bigger range of fans that really feel supported and moved by the music more than anything. That's the most important thing, um, more than any streaming it's numbers. what we do. Or... It's what we hear for. Exactly. So that and also touring. I would love to uh, hopefully be out on the road in the next two years consistently for long periods of time is the goal that I'm talking with my team at the moment and also just for myself really trying to prioritize because that is the other thing I've learned. If you don't make it happen, no one will. That's so <laughs> just got to do it. Um, but that's that's kind of the vision I see for myself as an artist is consistently putting out music growing and touring as much as possible i'd love to invite johnny back in and maybe you guys uh end the show with another song would that be all right yes absolutely we cool. would love to. cool so, so um the song you're going to play for us is called baggage yeah. is there anything we need to know about this song this song is for anyone who's put their heart on their sleeves and uh and kind of opened up and maybe felt that they were left high and dry it's a way that I kind of found closure in uh, handling that situation for myself. And it's it's a fun little like kind of pop bop that we stripped down for you guys. And I'm so excited to perform it just guitar and myself. It's, it's really cool to have those moments. So I hope you enjoy it. Outstanding. Well, before we hear that, uh, thank you so much. What a great conversation this afternoon. Thank you for having me. We really, really appreciate coming on here. And it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for supporting artists. Honestly, thank oh, you. It's my pleasure. And so this is Johnny Sim on guitar, along with Anna Delaria performing Baggage on Joy Sounds. Mm -hmm. I feel that bed getting colder. You left your dishes in the sink. Wish that I could just clean it up But I always start to think How you'd say I was emotional Whenever I wanted to talk So afraid to ever lose control Could never give you what you want Never thought that you would cross the line, no Till you left without saying goodbye In my apartment Back where you started Along with the shit that you stuck with me You left, you left all your baggage Right next to your denim jacket Testing me, pushing me down Heavy when you're not around You left, you left all your baggage Just for me to unpack Testing me, pushing me down Heavy when you're not around I thought that I could keep moving on I 
tried seeing someone new But every time I reached across the bed I realized it wasn't you I never thought that you would cross the line, no Till you left with us saying goodbye In my apartment, back where it started Along with the shit that you stuck with me You left, you left all your baggage Right next to your denim jacket Testing me, pushing me down Heavy when you're not around You left, you left all your baggage Just for me to unpack it Testing me, pushing me down Heavy when you're not around Don't you know it's the last time You left, you left all your baggage Next to your denim jacket Testing me, pushing me down Heavy when you're not around You left, you left all your baggage Just for me to unpack it Testing me, pushing me down Testing me, pushing me down Heavy when you're not around Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.